Welcome to Searching for the Question Live. My name is David Orban, and this is our episode 14. Our special guest uh, today is Salim Ismail. And uh, without further ado, welcome, Salim. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. So uh, Salim uh, has been the founding executive director of Singularity University and then went on uh, to publish the uh, book uh, Exponential Organization, uh, co-written with Michael Malone and Yuri Van Guest, uh, uh, one of our students at uh, Singularity University. And uh, he also co-founded uh, uh, EXO, uh, the consulting organization that went open source uh, recently, becoming OpenEXO, uh, that uh, teaches all kinds of entities how to uh, become exponential organizations themselves. He's also a speaker and uh, does uh, another gazillion things, and we will cover some of them today. So, Salim, what are the things that you are most excited about these days? Uh, excited is a is a um, I think freaked out would be the more appropriate term because it's a pretty surreal time right now. Um, I think the the we, the world is in a broad inflection point of either going down a Mad Max path or a Star Trek path, um, and pretty clearly we're kind of mostly heading down the Mad Max. And we I think as leaders have to figure out how do we tilt that into a Star Trek future. Um, and that's the work that I'm doing right now. And that, I think, is the thing that's freaking me out the most. Uh, certainly, the uh, exponential trends that uh, we tried to let as many people understand as, as we could, together with Ray Kurzweil and Peter Diamandis, as well as on our own, uh, uh, talking and talking and writing and writing and, and showing people that it matters. Yeah. Uh, they didn't quite get it. They didn't believe it, did they? Well, uh, they did, but the, you, you still get this uh, um, issue where people don't quite realize it. Because the problem is it's such a, a visceral education. You can't explain it to somebody. But part of the reason we had all of our sessions being live in classroom type of sessions was that you had to kind of learn about 3D printing and then go build something on a 3D printer to really get it, right? The younger generation is natively doing this. They're growing up with 3D printers and modeling and Zoom in real time and uh, Facebook and Instagram and everything else. Uh, but for the older generation, and certainly for the, the 70 and 80-year-olds that are actually running the world right now, which is a bit of a frightening thought, um, they have no concept of this. And so getting that across was very difficult. Um, the gift, I think, from corona is that the world understands exponentials very, very quickly now around doubling patterns and where you hear everything talking about doubling rates. And so it's a sad way of hearing learning about it, but at least it's getting across. And uh, uh, I introduced uh, uh, some time ago uh, a paradigm I call uh, that of jolting technologies where the rate of acceleration is actually uh, increasing. Yeah. I list uh, artificial intelligence, quantum technologies here. And I would posit that uh, corona is also putting a stress on our socioeconomic infrastructure, which has the characteristics of being jolting because no amount of adaptation appears to be enough to withstand 
uh, its impact. And right. even if a given country is observing what is being done right in places like Taiwan or Singapore and what is not being done right in other places like Italy and Spain, and the U.S. has two, three months advance notice to get ready, it just cannot. And, and um, regardless uh, of what mistakes are made at a given hierarchical level, even at the local level, it doesn't seem to be able to uh, support its own citizens, uh, for example, in New York. So yeah. uh, are we on the verge of uh, a phase transformation where... Uh, certain uh, structures will be potentially reset and uh, this will free up creative opportunities to put in place new solutions that are better suited to the needs of the 21st century? Uh, I think 100%. Uh, you know, in the last um, uh, uh, kind of few hundred years, we've expanded unbelievably the model of capitalism, commerce, money, business, which is main, the main mode of discourse in the world today. Um, the big challenge that I think we've faced is we've created economic connectedness and interdependency without social and political collectedness and interdependency. And you just look at the European Union, they have financial connect, uh, unity without political unity, right? And the efforts to do that lead to Brexit and right-wing uprisings and tribalism and whatnot. Um, and, and, and my namesake just voting himself uh, uh, unlimited uh, uh, powers yeah. of emergency measures and without at, any end to it, right? At, le at least you have the right name for that. Um, uh, so, <laughs> the the um, so now the challenge is that that economic interdependency without the political and and emotional and spiritual uh, connection will not work. We have to do this all at once. And I think I think of Corona as a singularity. Right. I mean, all models break down now. Uh, we have no idea what uh, what's on the other side of this curtain and what the world would look like. The smartest guy I know on the uh, macroeconomics situation basically thinks that instead of 85 trillion of GDP this year, the world will be about 20 trillion in GDP. Yeah. And, and, and who is that? Uh, his name is Jeff Booth. He's the head of YPO uh, uh, Vancouver and wrote a book. Uh, here's the book that he wrote. He wrote a book called The Price of Tomorrow. Um, and really detailed uh, analysis of the economy, the macroeconomic situation. And he made a really simple premise as uh, observation as the premise for the book. Five years ago, we had 50 trillion in global GDP and the world was $150 trillion in debt. Roll forward five years, last year we had, 100 in, uh, so we had uh, 85 trillion in GDP and the world is 280 trillion in debt. So we're doubling debt to increase GDP linearly, okay? So, so we have exponential debt. That's how we're growing GDP, which is a bad thing and will not sustain. The, basically, the last 10 years of economic recovery has been completely from governments printing money. Uh, and the, he, the, he theorized there were two things that would break that bubble. Uh, technology deflation, which we've started to see, or cryptocurrencies. Um, but we have a third now, which is corona. Uh, and the coronavirus basically breaks this down. And here's the tension. At one level, the entire global economy is based on uh, money flow and money velocity and money moving through the system and consumer spending on, you know, 70% products, 70% services, 30% manufacturing, etc. Um, but if you have social distancing, you can't spend the money and the money stops moving. And so now we have an incredible tension and that breaks the global economic engine. Uh, just as the stat that I heard yesterday from Sasha Grujicic, one of our 
OpenEXO people and one of our ambassadors is that uh, 25% of global GDP is dependent on US consumer spending. <laughs> that just blows my mind. So what do we do? And so I think if we think if we think we have global economic collapse, then lots of other things fall apart at the same time. Um, yes, and uh, the uh, need of understanding what are the macroeconomic uh, consequences is also important because our supply chains have been evolving towards maximizing efficiency That's at right. the cost of resiliency. That's and right. now we have to find a new balance where, uh, you know, in Europe, for example, uh, the next uh, technological improvements shouldn't be devoted in producing more food. We have plenty of food. I am yeah. fat. That's I know it. Problem. And, and uh, instead, it should be uh, uh, aiming at being uh, invested in creating obviously better food, healthier food, but also food that is not uh, going to be scarce uh, because something happens in China or South America. Now, food maybe is not the best example, uh, but uh, uh, pharmaceutical production, for example, is extremely exposed. I'll tell you a shocking thing that I heard, and I'll, I'll keep the names um, kind of quiet for, for multiple reasons. Um, a plane went from one country to another within Europe two days ago and stopped as in the middle to refuel. And the, the country where it stopped confiscated all the medical supplies for itself. And that's within Europe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it, so this it is, is like, being reported like, in Italy daily. I'm speaking from Italy, right? Yeah. Uh, in Italy, it is being reported daily that the shipment of masks or test uh, reagents or whatever else has been unblocked yeah. coming from a friendly country. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which, which has decided the day before that for strategical reasons, they should confiscate uh, that uh, that supply. So absolutely, it is happening daily, and it is being reported in the in the daily news. Yeah. So so uh, you uh, decided as 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 you are wont to do uh, to create a, a bit of chaos around you uh, and uh, uh, decided that EXO should organize an event uh, that discusses these topics in order to create actionable outcomes to set a path for all of the community, but for all of humanity yeah. uh, towards positive outcomes. Uh, what is that? When is it happening? And how can people participate? So it's in 10 days, April 14th to 16th, which is Tuesday to Thursday uh, in two weeks, right? So not next week, but the week after. It's online. We'll start at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So we cover most of Europe and uh, we'll, we'll miss Australia and New Zealand, but we'll do two, three block sessions per hour of multiple speakers for three days uh, with lots of time for networking and breakouts and music. And it's, so it's almost like an online festival, but really it's a, uh, it's a journey for transforming our thinking. Um, and I go back to the Mad Max versus Star Trek framing. Our current leaders, as we come out of this, whatever we come out of this, our current leadership will try and take us back to the way things were. And we think that you need a dramatic reset and we can transform our thinking into a more structured world. Just as an example, you know, uh, managing identity differently 
Uh, Jerry Mikulski will speak, for example, and his famous quote is, scarcity equals abundance minus trust, right? And you have to think about that for an hour. And almost all government services and almost all government institutions and most of our global institutions are based on mistrust, right? You government, The government is checking, yes, you have the passport, yes, you have the driver's license, because they don't fundamentally trust you. We can actually, if we can figure out how to scale trust, which we've now figured out, we have mechanisms and precedents for this, we could create a completely different set of global institutions based on that. So that's just a very small example of what we could do. But if we organize ourselves for that, then the, the, we'll, we'll be dealing with it in a proper way. Right now, uh, because the world is run on, say, capitalism, we don't, uh, we don't deal well with abundance. We relate to abundance and power as power, and we try and hoard it. Middle East oil, Wall Street money, Etc. Okay, and deal better with abundance because technology is bringing us abundance in lots of levels. So, what should those institutions look like? Is the inquiry of this conference. So, we have anybody from Maria Fernanda, the former, just the recent president of the UN General Assembly, speaking to Vicente Fox, to three ministers of education, to global CEOs, um, talking through a what we do at a corporate level and institutional level. Uh, and organizational level, but also personal level. How do you think about personal transformation in this world? And so we're going to talk about what, what's the, where is the world stuck right now in five major areas like planetary health, um, uh, governance and institutions, the breakdown in democracy, our institutions like journalism and education are basically broken. What are the tools by which we can transform those? either technology tools or others, transformational tools. Where do we want to go? And then we'll challenge our viewers, our participants to take it on and, and start going down that path. Because we have to do this now collectively. So one, one of the things that you didn't mention is the name of the event, which is EXO World. Uh, and uh, uh, EXO World is a completely uh, digital experience, uh, which anybody can uh, attend. Uh, a, a browser on the computer is enough. There is nothing to download, nothing to install. Uh, and uh, uh, the way that you can participate is by going to this uh, special uh, URL, um, uh, exoworld.live slash david-orban with an uppercase D and an uppercase O. Um, pay attention to the detail, otherwise it won't even connect. Uh, and uh, uh, doing that, you can actually buy the tickets to the event uh, at uh, a heavily discounted price. Uh, the original price is almost uh, $600, and you can get it for a limited time. And the total number of tickets that is itself limited uh, for uh, $147. Now, and the, uh, the idea is to, you know, we, we, people come to the executive program and pay thousands of dollars, right? The idea yeah. is to make this as widely available as possible. Uh, we have quite substantial production costs and, and AV and backup systems and so on. Uh, we found a platform that can host up to 100,000 people on the same platform with failovers, et cetera, uh, with networking built in, which should be interesting, and breakout groups in local languages. So it should be really a, quite a fascinating, fun event. Uh, and uh, I uh, want to reaffirm the validity of uh, paid uh, digital experiences. Obviously, there is a super abundance of choice today, and everybody 
uh, can have uh, their hours filled with uh, absolutely free content or close to free because they are already paying uh, whatever monthly fee to Netflix or, or, or whatever other platform. And then uh, there is no amount of hour that they cannot fill. However, right. uh, what we aim with EXO World is to achieve quality, is to achieve value, is to achieve actionable outcomes, to achieve community building that is worth not only uh, the very limited uh, resource we have of our mortal time, but uh, also uh, the, uh, as of right now, still scarce uh, uh, resource of, of cash. And which and and attention of course and, and the reason the reason you know a we have the production cost but b i think that when people pay even if it's a small amount um then you pay attention and you there's a behavioral economics that comes in yeah, so you want those people that are willing to be there and and they feel they should pay they should they feel they should attend if they if they uh if they pay and then they'll be present a little bit more we've seen now the cost of not understanding exponentials and not understanding what's going on in the world so let's let's open this up to a broad global audience and then more importantly uh, empower that audience to actually go do this work of transformation as well as uh, uh, the event uh, becomes itself uh, sustainable so That's organizations right. like open exo and others who uh, get inspired by yeah. the feasibility of something like that this very very yeah very importantly all proceeds from this all the profits of this event go to funding the future initiatives that come out of the event so that's a really important point so that we create an engine for the future and so um you mentioned a little bit uh, uh, the, the structure of the event can we go back to it uh, uh, who are some of the speakers that you would uh, highlight uh, that uh, you are uh, proud to be able to feature what are uh, some uh, of the breakouts uh, I understand there are even exhibition areas and, and and things like that yeah there's four components to the platform one is the a main stage a second is breakout sessions a third is networking uh, so you click a button and you are given two to three minutes with somebody randomly and you can interact and get to know them a little bit. Uh, hopefully, language <coughs> language works in some cases. And the fourth one is uh, expo booths. So what we'll be doing, uh, and I'll give you an example that's very dramatic that we'll be showcasing right away. Um, this is a company where we have a partnership with them uh, called Wellways. Okay, and they have created this uh, this this thing here. I'm going to show it on the on the screen. So if you can see this, um, it's a it's a pad that a woman would wear on left and right side of her chest. And those are very detailed temperature sensing uh, ribbons. Okay, So you wear, the, wear it for about 10 minutes. You take a picture of it and upload it. This turns out to be 80% better at detecting breast cancer than a mammogram. Um, with no radiation, you can do it at home for, for free. It costs about $20. Uh, and it is, it is FDA approved. Wow. Okay, so we can essentially nail breast cancer globally, and we'll be talking about this in the first hour, right? And every couple hours, we'll be showing something that just magically transforms the world, uh, because we have that we have those technologies. What's really inspiring today is, for the first time in human history, we have all of the world's medical scientists and researchers focused on one problem, 
right? And the breakthroughs that will come from that are very, very profound. So this is the potential that we can uh, uh, enact and execute against if we have the if we have the time. So as we go through and say this is what the future looks like, we really have an obligation. I don't think of this exo world as an opportunity. I think of it as an obligation. We have some insights. We want to share this and kind of show the world. Let's get this out there and let's transform our future. So I want to thank our viewers who are numerous on all the platforms where we are streaming on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch, uh, who are um, greeting us like uh, Mario Arcidiacono, uh, who feels it's a pleasure to be together, as well as uh, Giancarlo Valente saying great. And I invite them to, to send them questions. Uh, we have uh, um, Salim with us, uh, which is uh, already an achievement because, of course, he's crazy busy uh, putting all of this uh, together. And I and I am conscious of, of his time. Uh, and, and we have him for another 10 minutes. So this is the time to send questions to Salim. We will be very happy to answer uh, them uh, in, in, in real time. And then uh, uh, Salim will be followed by Kevin Allen, who is uh, um, caring for the uh, wider OXO, open EXO community uh, that uh, is essential for making this event a success, as well as uh, uh, bringing uh, on the ground all over the world uh, the uh, exponential thinking that has been uh, powering uh, the initiative uh, for uh, several years. Um, for those who uh, don't know it or, 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 or don't understand it, um, how would you describe succinctly what is an exponential organization? Got it. So, um, you know, all of our organizations in the past were designed for efficiency and for predictability. And they were top-down hierarchical structures, very command and control, um, designed to deliver 100 million widgets in the, around the world, uh, Big Macs or, or uh, diapers or Tide detergent boxes, etc. And most of our organizations are organized in that top-down structure. Um, but that doesn't scale very well. And you lose agility, you lose flexibility, you lose speed, and you end up with an immune system that resists disruptive change. And the challenge is that disruptive innovation is now the driver. And how do you juxtapose with that? What we noticed over the last decade is there's a completely new breed of organization where we've learned how to scale the organization structure as fast as we scale technology. And that's essentially what EXOs are. Uh, so you think about Uber scaling its drivers or TEDs using community to scale to a global level. And we have a, a group of a, a few hundred and a few thousand of these. What we uh, didn't expect was that uh, we're seeing this now in government structures, et cetera. The Ministry of Oceans in Mauritius is now apparently completely run on an EXO model with community dashboards, algorithms, the, the whole thing. And so we've been advising now heads of state as to how to think about this. The book has gone a little bit more crazy than I expected. Uh, publisher is very happy. My wife is less happy, um, uh, but good problem to have. And um, in fact, it seems set sometime next year to crack into the top 10 best-selling business books ever list, which is really nuts. Um, so the question now is, how do you apply this in a new way? And how can we apply this across society? The key problem that we've been solving with our ecosystem is that resistance to transformation we call that the immune system problem. And when you try anything disruptive, you get stuck in the antibodies of a big company. And anybody who's tried to manage innovation in a big company uh, knows this. They have arrows in their back from the legacy mothership attacking it. 
Uh, we've now found a solution to that. And we have a 10-week sprint that we've run 30 times in big companies around the world, Procter & Gamble, Black & Decker, HP, Visa. But when, more importantly, we've now learned how to do that in the public sector. Because in the public sector, existing policy is the immune system, right? How do you uh, solve bankers fighting Bitcoin or taxis fighting Uber? And we've now solved that problem. It takes 16 weeks, but it, but it works. And now with that tool set, if you have a dramatically new idea like this breast cancer example I'm giving, we can actually get it implemented. And so that's why we're excited about giving that tool set and opening that up to the world. Uh, because if we can have uh, people, we now have 4,000 people in our own community, but that's a, a drop in the bucket compared to humanity. And, and, and so that is the reason for this other book to be born, right? That's right. So Exponential Transformation, uh, primarily authored by Francisco Palau, basically breaks down the sprint for companies and says anybody can pick up this book and run it and transform their company. So we open source the process, right? Because if we tried to own it, we'd get to like 1% of the companies and we'll never, we want to transform the world. Um, so um, the opportunity for EXO World is to be a catalyst uh, um, amplifying the voice of the existing open EXO community, welcoming new um, uh, disruptive innovation uh, uh, practitioners uh, and giving them a platform where their uh, products and services can be seen. Uh, and what do you expect to happen uh, after uh, EXO World? I mean, you will sleep uh, more than three hours a night for a few nights, uh, but uh, how can somebody who attend, what can they expect to, to, to do in terms of, of uh, not let it be just those uh, three days, but to be the start of something longer? Yeah, in fact, we think of the end of day three at, as time zero. Um, and we basically want to start a new calendar, like a Star Trek calendar, starting at that point in time, basically saying, okay, we are now going to transform our global institutions. And Alex Lightman asks a great question here. How do we upgrade civilization around this? Uh, somebody really amazing gave me a quote that we've not civilized the world. We have materialized the world, right? Now, having materialized the world, we now have to do the work of civilizing it. We're, we're basically, as, as the mention is like Lord of the Flies, we're apes with tools and we scale tribalism. Um, and, and we now need to scale abundance and other constructs that allow us to navigate the world in a more uh, peaceful, ethical way. And I'll repeat it again, what I said at the beginning, that uh, left to it, uh, itself, our leaders are going to take us back to where we work and we're heading down a Mad Max path. Uh, we really need to go towards a Star Trek future. And what I hope to get out of this and that we hope to initiate is to have a set of new institutions being born uh, that transform the world for a better future and for uh, a more peaceful future. Um, and potentially these institutions need to be based on a different paradigm that is not a hierarchical, top-down, centralized. Uh, yeah, think, think Burning Man, think the open source movement, the maker movement, the, uh, um, and we need to go down that path and build resilient, decentralized institutions. Just decentralizing energy will allow us a huge opportunity, right? Because you decentralize energy, you decentralize food supplies, and you're kind of 80% of the way there. The big challenge is going to be um, navigating the legacy. And Corona is a gift in that sense because the legacy breaks. 
and and now we have an open field in which to build the new institutions. The best comment that we've heard is uh, a comparison to Bretton Woods. So after World War II, there was a conference called Bretton Woods where the institutions that run the world today were formed, the UN, the WHO, the World Trade Organization, UNICEF, et cetera. And uh, uh, Nishan Durgnarain, who uh, is the uh, uh, fairly senior at the World Economic Forum, said, oh, wow, you're the Bretton Woods of the 21st century. Uh, and we thought, well, we're better, better up the game on this one. Exactly. That is a wonderful challenge, as well as uh, if you call the day after the end of the conference, uh, day zero, um, on, uh, luckily, uh, as destructive as the pandemic is being, uh, it is not World War Three. Yes. Uh, I mean, however, in the global, however in the there is no guarantee that, that in their death throes, yeah, uh, and and their uh, ignorance and stupidity. Some organizations, whether private or or governmental, are not ready to destroy the world in 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 their hopeless attempt to preserve power. Well, uh, how can we prevent that? Yeah, I don't know how you prevent that because that will be the natural tendency. People would much rather be comfortable than happy, right? And people will want to go back to the old way because they know it, they understand it, and so. We have to actually progress, and we have incredible breakthroughs in technology, like the example I just showed you, right? Now, here's the challenge. This thing actually could solve breast cancer globally. Try implementing it, and you'll see a resistance from the pharma companies, from the uh, uh, et cetera, saying, no, 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 this can't possibly or, or Alex again is asking, how can we decentralize the, the World Health Organization or the Centers of Disease Control? Yeah. Uh, these are non-trivial challenges. Non-trivial. This is not a minor task that we're taking on. This is uh, world-level uh, stuff where we need to build a uh, an environment. The problem, I think the World Health Organization is doing an amazing job. The problem is it has no teeth, right? Uh, uh, and local leaders like the idiots in some states are saying, and some countries are saying, oh, go party, it's fine, right? And, and actually causing untold damage and death uh, unnecessarily. And so this is the, if people could rely on a trusted voice, then you can go to that trusted voice and, and then learn what's actually happening and ignore what's, what your current leaders are saying, et cetera. Uh, uh, Mario uh, is asking a long question, but if I can uh, synthesize it, would you say it is easier to start disrupting businesses or, or governments? Uh, it's easier with businesses and the startup world is naturally doing that. So I think that kind of is done. The really magical thing today is in the past, advanced technologies always cost a lot. And only a big company or a government lab could afford to do R&D and release new products and services based on that new technology, GPS or Bluetooth or whatever. But today, for the first time in human history, advanced technologies are very cheap. Solar energy is very inexpensive. The blockchain is open source and free. And for the first time ever, an individual can just make a massive difference in the world. And let me reference Elon Musk here. Okay, He's got, His methodology is incredibly simple. Take a technology that's growing exponentially. Aim 10 years out. Where will that technology be in 10 years? And build a company to intercept that curve in a 10-year period. That's what he does. Whether it's battery technology, solar energy, space technology, uh, neural links, whatever. And so when you can take advantage of that fact, and the younger generation, all the advantage now sits with startups. 
what we need to do with the older generation and the legacy institutions is get them out of the way. So um, I uh, am, uh, of course, uh, 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 in love with all kinds of technologies. And as a consequence, uh, it is hard uh, not to uh, make me unendingly optimistic. Uh, it is uh, certainly uh, my desire to just take uh, those who resist and to tell them, listen, it's going to be all right. Don't worry. Uh, your power... Uh, your position, uh, if you want the beautiful ribbons like uh, the constitutional monarchies uh, in, in Europe, we will give you all that kind of uh, um, uh, recognition and, and you will feel good about it. Just let us do our thing because we have a universe uh, in front of us uh, to, to uh, discover and, and to, to explore. Hmm. And and uh, I I hope that uh, it is going to be possible to to let them understand income and wealth inequality are huge problems. But the solution is not to stop somebody like, for example, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos to try and do the amazing things that they are doing. Right. The 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 point is to let everybody try to do the same things. Yeah, and the magic part now is you can't stop it. You know, if you went back, say, a hundred years ago the richest people in the world exclusively had inherited their wealth. They didn't create it. They inherited it from family or uh, stealing from the country or whatever. Today, almost exclusively, the richest people in the world have earned it. Uh, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos, uh, Larry and Sergey, Zuckerberg, whatever. You may argue about how much money they have, but they've earned it. And, and they've created magical things. So the opportunity for an individual to make a huge amount of money is unbelievable today. Can I tell you a crazy story? Of um, course, please. When we did exponential organizations, we hired a graphics designer off Odesk and Elance, which is now Upwork, to do the graphics design and draw the brain diagram, et cetera, et cetera. I got a call from uh, him uh, a year ago, and he said, hey, I'd like to talk to you. And I said, what about it? He said, I want to invest in your company. I was like, oh, I, I didn't realize you had money to invest. We hired you for like $20 an hour off these platforms. He said, oh, you didn't know. I said, no, what? He goes, he read the whole book to understand it, to do the graphic design properly, got excited by crypto, went invested a bunch of money and made $10 million. Right? Um, so, so, and I'm like, damn. So, so never before possible has somebody been able to take an action and make a huge amount of money uh, without the institutions owning it, right? And this is the magic that exists today. And what's going to happen, I think, from a positive structural and constructive point is that this virus, even though it's not that dangerous overall, is breaking all of our legacy ways of working. And now we have these new opportunities that we can sponsor and, and, and uh, seed and put soil under. So uh, Rick uh, references uh, the way that companies uh, can get uh, uh, funded and financed. And Rick is a, a great uh, blockchain and Bitcoin yep. practitioner in New York. And, and he's asking a, a, a follow-up question. Uh, what is the measure of returns if the, those returns are not necessarily or only financial? Well, I think, you know, if you, if you, uh, if I think, if I put on my metaphysics hat, Right, and I have a side hobby in that, and just pretend everybody's drunk two glasses of wine just now. We've run the world on money, commerce, business, capitalism for the last few hundred years. 
very successfully because we've lifted the world out of poverty. We can feed the world essentially uh, today, et cetera. Now we're transitioning though from money to information, right? A startup is interested in collecting data rather than money up front. And they're fungible today. Data is the new oil, et cetera. As time goes by, as the cost of energy, healthcare, education goes to zero, as the cost of information has gone to zero, we'll have energy, all these other areas going to zero. Um, uh, we'll see a really profound shift in more and more information. We're more and more data-driven, okay? And so this is a completely new paradigm that we've never seen before. And we have a completely new mechanism for evolution as we see it. The danger is that we just don't know how to navigate that. We keep going back to the old world and keep measuring things against the old world. So we have to kind of have the clean slate. This is why we're hoping to inspire the young leaders of the world to really take over. The problem with our anybody over 40, and I'm over 40, is that you'll subconsciously try and take things back to where you were. And I can tell a quick example of this if, if you have time. And I've got about five, seven more minutes I can take for this, if you're OK with that. But of course. So about five years ago, the Peter and the board at Singularity did an offsite. And they asked me to come to this offsite board meeting and said, what would, you know, what would, what's the vision for SU going forward? And I kind of said, look, if you we're almost 10 years old now. And if you went back 10 years ago, uh, we would knowing what we know now, we would do things very dif differently. Uh, with social media, Facebook was just getting going, e-learning platforms, MOOCs, etc. And the board said, that's interesting. Go think about that. If you had to recreate SU today, what would it look like? I tried that exercise four separate times, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> right Now, we're 10 years old. Why? Because, my, because this first model was so successful, my mind kept going back to that old model, which is the wrong answer. You would do things very differently today than 10 years ago. And so that's how difficult it was for me, if theoretically an open person, to go and rethink that. What hope is there for a 70-year-old bank CEO to rethink this world, right? What, There's what, some bylaw that says you have to be below 25 years old to program the blockchain. Well, and, and, and you my, can't get your head around it. One of my uh, favorite uh, neologisms is uh, neoteny. The yeah. survival in adulthood of childlike features, you know, when we use emojis and we post uh, uh, stupid uh, gifts to each other, uh, we are silly and our wives are frowning and looking at us uh, uh, like we were uh, not manly enough. But the point is exactly that we have to force ourselves to be like a child in order to be ready for the new mindset that yeah. we must be able to wear uh, and to embody if we want to embrace uh, what is coming. Yeah, so I mean, what I would like to do is basically find the smartest 25-year-olds 25 25-year-olds 25 around the world and just hand the world to them. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. mean, they'll figure it out. Oh, well, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And then you and I can go to Mars and uh, do our thing over there. Uh, so uh, Giovanni is asking, uh, is there going to be a new version of uh, Exponential Organization? <sighs> I, I, I think he refers to the book. Yeah, yes. Uh, it desperately needs a second edition. It's five years old now. Um, we've been we've created a group inside OpenEXO, our community of 4,000 people or so, to rewrite and update it. The challenge is that with all of the pace of change, I, I have I've, we've had very little time to update it. But the minute we finish with this conference, I want to start that effort and and start that launch. So we're aiming for later this year to launch a second edition of the book. Wonderful. And uh, I am sure 
uh, it is going to be uh, propelling uh, uh, the the publication to even higher degrees of uh, success. Uh, uh, I don't know what is the position it can achieve after being the best-selling business book of all time. How can you well, go? It, uh, it might, I, might crack into the top 10 is what I'm saying. But what it seems to be is that as we shift from scarcity to abundance, right? Think about the idea that almost every business in the world is based on scarcity. In the last 5,000 years, if you don't have scarcity, you literally don't have a business. And for the first time, we're finding business models around abundance, and that's what exponential organizations do. And I think without realizing it, we we hit an inflection point in how you organize for this new world. Uh, and that's the model that's playing out. And the model was already playing out. We just put a label on it, right? It's not a new model. This was already there. And we just said, yeah, we see this. Let's formalize it. Let's put some structure around it, and off we go. Uh, I really need to jump into. Yeah, that's why I brought in uh, our our uh, uh, second guest today, yeah. and uh, uh, it is wonderful to to have uh, had you, Salim. Uh, it is it is really a, a pleasure. Uh, this this uh, conversation is energetic and and exciting, and our viewers have uh, certainly appreciated it. Thank you for coming, and and good luck with uh, with the event, uh, uh, and uh, talk to you soon. Thank you very much. And and now you have consistency of hair, uh, facial hair to match. So <laughs> big hug to everybody. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, Kevin, uh, welcome. And uh, let me uh, hide the, the banner so your name can be seen uh, as it should be. Kevin Allen is the director of a community at uh, OpenEXO, uh, the successor to the original EXO, which embodies the same principles under an open source uh, mandate, meaning we have uh, excellent uh, revenue opportunities in consulting with businesses and with our clients, but we know we cannot do it all. Why don't you please, please come and take business away from us uh, uh, that we couldn't handle anyway, right? Is that it? That's, a, that, that's about right in terms of the idea to... To make it open source, because at the end of the day, I mean, as 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 a founding uh, community of, of people, everyone had the idea that we can transform the world for a better future. We can have that 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 Star Trek future that that Salim was talking about. But if we're going to do that, we need an army of people. We need hundreds of thousands or millions of people who actually can go out there and and do that. And so that's, that's when the decision was made. We need to, to make this methodology open and, and, and let people go out and, and do it themselves. So, so it's funny because I met uh, uh, Kevin, uh, I think, a couple of years ago. Um, and uh, I remember him saying, uh, as we were uh, having a nice uh, dinner in uh, uh, Cape Town, um, that he has never left the country. And uh, I was kind of surprised because, uh, you know, he is a young, uh, outgoing, uh, curious, uh, passionate uh, person. But I didn't very much uh, comment on it. I said, okay, whatever. Uh, so tell me, uh, Kevin, how many countries uh, uh, did you uh, visit uh, during uh, last year? During last year was, I think, 18. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, so uh, we have a photo uh, together where I have your mascot, uh, which is a, a, a sheep, a, a little sheep doll uh, on my shoulder because 
you uh, travel with that uh, uh, everywhere and the sheep has all kinds of experiences. Now, we are talking about this not because uh, uh, anything, but because you have catalyzed the EXO community uh, everywhere. And of course, you can meet with a lot of them, not with all of them, uh, but uh, now you can't. Uh, you are back in South Africa on, in, in lockdown. Are you done? You, you are not working anymore? What are you doing? <laughs> no, not at all. The, the the amazing thing, as you as you say, David, we 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 met each other a couple of years ago, and and um, and you know, I I I, I guess I had travelled uh, using the internet because we we have that have that opportunity. And when when I um, uh, took up the role of of. Uh, the community uh, sort of director at OpenEXO, after being a community member, just being a very passionate community member, someone who really wants to change the world, I, I, I did make it my mission to, to visit people uh, in person to understand uh, the, the different, um, you know, different people around the world. And, and, and of course, uh, you know, as, as you would agree, having traveled quite a lot, you know, we do have differences, but we have a lot more similarities uh, with people um, around the world, and 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 that galvanised the the need for for really growing a community that believes in uh, exponential. And so, I of course, whilst travelling and and visiting um, uh, our community around the world, I've always uh, have my uh, trusty laptop and the internet, and and that's all you need, right? So right now, I'm. Whilst I am back home in my home country, I am still living in an Airbnb um, because I, I, I do not have a, a full-time home. And um, luckily, it has a really good view of Table Mountain. But, um, but yeah, so absolutely still, still working hard, still um, uh, doing a lot of work for, for EXO World. I, I, I know that there was a comment earlier, someone asking, how do we make this, how do we make this viral? And and ultimately, you know, what something that is on the internet, what makes it viral? Well, people sharing it, um, and and so you know, that's really what 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 we want to share is that we can transform the world for a better future. We 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 can have a new normal. We we don't have to continue to live with you know with the paradigm that we've lived with you know in the for the past few hundred years. <laughs> Uh, so you are continuing to catalyze and and uh, and uh, guide and nurture the uh, EXO community online. If people are interested in becoming a part of this community, what should they do? So so when when we made the the community open, we we uh, made it possible for people to to literally uh, sign up. Um, Online with without any doors or anything. So our our website's openexo.com. Uh, if you forward slash community on that, or you just click on the community button, uh, you will see a, a, a very easy join uh, process. Uh, and and once you once you do that, you then um, you know you you then are, are in the community, and it's up to you how 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 interactive you want to be, right? We 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 have community members who are are giving it their all. We have community members who've quit their full time corporate jobs 
to go transform their province uh, in Canada or their uh, state in, in the US or their country or, 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 or their town or, or, or whatever the case may be. Um, but there's, there's also a lot of people who are there to get inspiration, to, you know, and share very little. Now, you know, those people make up a community. Not, not everyone needs to do exactly the same thing. So um, it's then up to you to, to, to decide, like, what do you want to do with this? Um, and, and the other thing, you know, with the community, yes, we, we all stem from a, 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 a book and, and a model, you know, MTP plus scale plus ideas. Um, which is the EXO model, right? And how do you how do you have a massive transformative purpose? That, that's number one. And 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 whilst in the original book an MTP was there, we we as a community have all agreed that it wasn't given enough. Um, maybe enough what is an MTP? Massive transformative purpose. And 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 what that is 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 saying every organisation should be more than 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 just shareholder value or more than just, I want to be the number one, I want to be the best. But it should be about how are you, how are you really impacting the world? Um, and, and, you know, of, of course, um, you know, the, the concept of MTP, um, you know, from Salim or Peter, who, you know, they, they always tussling about who came up with it. Um, you know, the, it's, it's six years old, um, but what we do see now is a lot of organizations talking about purpose, right? Um, you know, BlackRock saying we'll only invest in purposeful companies. Um, and, and, and there's a, a big realization that actually profit follows purpose. Um, and, and so, yeah, so, so that's right at the core of, of our community um, is, is that, um, you know, MTP. And, and then, of course, the, the exponential model. Um, and so yeah, so really, really quite um, quite a vibrant community, and 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 there's a lot of new things that happen. So right now, the community, uh, together with uh, uh, sort of led by Francisco Palau, are are developing a program called EXO Launchpad, which is to say, well, if you are a startup and you're not thinking of of the exponent, like exponential attributes. Are you doing the right thing? Like, yes, you might be using an exponential technology like blockchain, but are you actually leveraging algorithms and community and leveraged assets? And and do you have dashboards internally? Are you giving your like the everyone autonomy? You know, so many, 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 and many incubators out there don't don't talk about this stuff. Everyone does the business model canvas, great, but you can have a, an amazing business model. That's linear. That, that that might you know work for a, a while and 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 then you know not actually have that exponential impact. And and you can you can apply this model to things that are not software companies. Everyone thinks, oh well, it's you know yeah for software companies. But there are there are physical goods stores and people in hospitality and 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 a whole bunch of uh, folks that are actually implementing this, which is which is really great and. And like Salim said, it's not like it was they came up with anything. They reverse engineered this, right, from what what they could see happening in the world. So so yeah, so so the community is 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 really all working on 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 amazing things, you know, uh, 
hopefully soon we'll see uh, exponential leadership, which Yaroslav, who's our chief learning officer, is his massive passion is, is leadership and you know how to be a leader in exponential times. And so, yeah, so amazing, uh, amazing community. Of course, I'm quite passionate about it. So. <laughs> that is really wonderful. Uh, what uh, is going to be your focus during the event? Uh, it's kind of an all-hands-on-deck uh, experiment where a lot of things uh, will go right and some others will go wrong. Uh, how will you uh, try to make it as good an experience for as many of the participants as possible? Yeah, so so my role really, I mean, from a, from a community building point of view, is to is you know to to push that the that the experience uh, is very much community driven and then to to really uh, drive interaction after after the event as well because like Salim said you know this needs to be day zero uh, 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 and and actually <laughs> day zero in, in in Cape Town terms is 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 not a good thing to say of course that's the day we thought we'd run out of water but day zero being you know where we where we start. And and so yeah, my role really is 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 to drive that. Um, you know, we we're, we're very excited about the the fact that you know we have a platform that is very interactive, and we have an a, an agenda that whilst there is going to be you know main stage talks happening, those are only going to to run for a you know a, an eight hour type of day. And this conference is running for 72 hours. It's going to be open for 72 hours. It's a virtual, it's a virtual conference center and it's going to be there for 72 hours. And so, so, so does it mean that uh, even though um, uh, probably people in uh, certain time zones are going to be asleep, somebody else could uh, still be talking uh, or organizing a breakout session for the people on that other time zone? Absolutely. So, so we, of course, together with our community, are are, are organizing um, essentially side side events as part of the main event, where where there will be local breakouts. So, for example, we 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 have an amazing community member and ambassador based in Vietnam, who is going to be running a program in Vietnamese. So oh, that, that is supremely important because. Today, we'll still have a few realities that digital hasn't uh, overcome. One yes. is that uh, unless you are uh, a weirdo uh, or forced by your job, you will sleep in the night and you will be uh, uh, having fun and working and whatever else during the day. Uh, so time zones actually matter even for digital events. The other is that even though uh, automated captioning and AI translation are starting to make uh, translated subtitles appearing real time on your video possible, it is still not perfect. And definitely it is not at the point where we could have a conversation uh, if neither of us spoke English. But uh, what you are saying is that the community is stepping up to the challenge of organizing local language uh, events uh, around the uh, uh, EXO world. That is That is wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's... Uh, for me, that is really what what differentiates this from from any other sort of online event, uh, because it's it, it's going to give people the opportunity to then 
discuss things in their own language or, 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 or have breakouts um, about different topics. And, and like you said, we're, we're experimenting some things. We're going to make it available for, for uh, participants to launch their own session. Now, many people might be freaked out by this. The scarcity mindset says, Someone might create a session whilst Peter Diamandis is on the stage and everyone will go to his session. Well, if that happens, the people will vote with their feet. And that, that will would make be so much fun to, to upstage uh, Peter. <laughs> and then he will go like, can I go there too <laughs> to watch? <laughs> so, so, so just like we, we actually ran a demo last night and, and, and David completely upstaged me and took all my participants down just... Just kidding. But, I, I did, yes. <laughs> ultimately, that's we, we really want people to have an experience that is immersive and that people can actually um, you know, participate and, and make a meaningful impact. Because, yes, we have amazing people, and they are going to be amazing speakers, people who've you know, worked on certain technologies and certain problems and certain solutions that can be extremely inspiring. But what we need to all remember is that all of us, have amazing potential um you know so, so uh, i i insisted with with salim as well but uh, i want to reiterate after event follow-up is going to be crucial uh to make sure that the uh, energy and enthusiasm is positively channeled in actionable outcomes that can be measured and and then documented and shared with the rest of the community uh, simple things like somebody being in every possible session to take note of the URLs uh, uh, or or whatever books or or things that are mentioned. Like I have been doing it a little bit while uh, Salim was uh, was talking and then putting them on uh, as quotes. Uh, uh, but uh, this should be done uh, almost uh, simultaneously. Uh, or maybe actually simultaneously because the tools are now available to have a real-time transcription of what is happening that is going into a Google Doc and then people can start annotating in real time the doc as the person is still speaking with hyperlinks and footnotes and whatever else. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and this is, of course, just a, a little example and, and, and a suggestion. Yeah. So... Um, uh, uh, Kevin, it has been wonderful to, to hear uh, from you. Uh, thanks uh, to uh, you and Salim for having joined uh, Searching for the Question live. Uh, and uh, I am looking forward to uh, have you uh, in, in the event together with me as well, because I will be uh, one of the keynote speakers. Uh, and I invite uh, our viewers to... Uh, go to exoworld.live uh, dash slash uh, uppercase David dash uppercase Orban uh, to buy uh, their uh, deeply, deeply discounted uh, ticket uh, to, to this event. Uh, and uh, I am uh, looking forward to welcome all of you, uh, our viewers, at Searching for the Question live uh, uh, tomorrow uh, when we will be uh, talking about new exciting things as we have been doing uh, today as well. 